Dizzle back at it, live and direct. You know it's a homegrown thing when I got my family in the building with us right now. He's back, my man D Smoke. Hey, what's the, up now? The album is out right now, Black Habits. Congratulations, first and foremost, man. What does it mean to finally have this this body of work out for the people, man? Man, it's uh, it's beautiful. I can uh, I'd imagine it's something like giving birth to you know something that you just you worked for for a long time. You know, it's very personal. Uh, it's a lot of love poured into the project, and so um, it's something that I look forward to sharing with the world and and you know letting it leave my hands and and Fine. I allow know it's like a, a, little, a little bit of relief at this point because I know Absolutely. you've been working on it. Like the the first time you came to the station, you you already like in the midst of working on it. It had certain things. It was skeleton versions, but it wasn't yes. complete. So now that, you know, you finally fast forward to the final version that's finally out there, are there any, like, regrets that you have in terms of, like, oh, damn, I wish this song made the project? Or are you 100% happy and complete with what we have with Black Habits? Man, you know what? Um, I don't have any regrets um, on the body of work that we're putting out. Um, there are songs that I love that aren't on the project, but I feel like um, they'll still have their moment, you know? Um we, we were more committed to the storyline and to, you know, the body of work having a fluid sound um, than we were just putting out um, all of our best stuff. What we have is our best, mm -hmm. but there are other things that are of the same caliber, you know, amazing songs that we chose not to put on this one because there are future moments where they'll fit in better. So um, I have no regrets yeah. going into this. What I, what I love about you, man, obviously we have a history, 10 years plus. In, yes, sir. Um, you know, it's always been a family thing mm -hmm. with you. You know what I mean? The, the, the family has always been a, a part of this journey. How does it feel to be able to celebrate with the family with this and have the album be about, about the journey of your family as well, man? Uh, how does it feel to, to be have that celebration? It's beautiful, man. Like, um, to be able to do this, uh, like, uh, I did a show in Inglewood uh, for the Martin Luther King Day Parade and um, or festival, and my cousin Tiffany Goucher yeah. opened up. Super talented. And um, we've been doing it for so long. and so. But the the most gratifying feeling is to look up to her and just still be impressed. Mm -hmm. you, know, I, you know, I grew up around music, some of the best musicians, but to still someone who you love and will appreciate them regardless of what they do, to watch them do what they do at such a high level is such a beautiful feeling. So to celebrate these type of moments with people who you know what they sacrifice, you know, you know how much work they put in and now to see it come into fruition alongside, you know, myself who now gets to witness a lot of my dreams come true. Um, it's just a beautiful feeling, you know, and that goes for her. Um, you know, my brother, Davion Ferris, sir, who, you know, so many victories are coming at this point in time. And it's just, it's just the result of seeds planted, you know, consistent watering over time. And then, Finally, when that season came, you know, things started to, to flourish. Now, when I saw the, the track list first drop in the, the, the yeah, cover, the art cover, man, mm -hmm. explain for the people that are seeing that but don't understand or don't get a chance to have this one-on-one -on -one with you. What, right. what was the mindset behind those photos and, and you know, kind of explain that story? Absolutely. So that, that picture, the people who wouldn't know would see this happy black family, yeah. right? Mother, father, three kids. And, um, but... The people who know could look at like my father's outfit and and kind of hey, see hey, like wait on. that's he, a you know not at a park no this is not a, <laughs> this isn't a day at the beach yeah. you know pops was locked up at the time and that was actually a conjugal visit where we went and for uh, a day or two um, we would stay in this house that's within this 
barbed wired fenced wow. area, you know, and be a family. It's almost like we're all locked up yeah, for yeah. a second, you know. And um, but those moments were priceless nonetheless because these are in between years of not seeing him face to face. You know, it was there were just different levels of interaction that you you would have to enjoy. It was sometimes it was just a phone conversation. Other times it was across the glass where you put your hand on the glass. Right. Then it was the moments like the conjugal visits where you actually get to interact. And those uh, that's why you see these happy kids, because it's like we get he's tangible today. How far in between were you able to have those those type of visits? You know what? I actually only remember one conjugal visit. One conjugal visit. And I think part of the reason I remember, like, it was at a time when Pops was locked up, you know, in school, we was knuckleheads. Like, not in class. I did my stuff in class, but on the yard, you know, let somebody say something about Pops. It was just that soft side. Let him have it. Mm -hmm. And so... At that time, I thought I was tough because I thought I had to hold it down. I had to be the man. You know, we had to be young men in his absence. So I just remember going on that visit, and Pops was swole, mm. right? On Super some Tookie buff. Williams shit. I, on some yeah, Tookie yeah, yeah. Williams swole. Yeah. And I've shared some of those pictures. And I remember, you know, sitting on his lap talking to him, and he was like, I was like, man, I'm be getting in fights. I could fight. I'm trying to tell him, thinking he going to be proud. Impress him. And then, and then he was like, go ahead, hit me. And I was like, I don't know if you want that. You know what I'm saying? My little six-year-old self yeah. trying to warn him, like, I might hurt you. Right, right. And then he was like, hit me with all you got. And I just remember taking off. Boom, 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 boom. And then after probably like 10 straight punches, he just busts up laughing. You, you know what I'm saying? Hell, like, and that's and that's one of them, them memories I remember, like, like, dang. And I that's the moment I was like, he must, he's like Superman. Because mm. if he could take my punches, you know. Now, were, were these, in in between these visits, um, you know, what was the explanation? Did you, you knew the magnitude of why he was away? Or did you, you know, like some families say, oh, they're on vacation. Or right, you know, right, they right. try to hide the stories. What was it with you guys? No, so my parents, they didn't really hide what it was. They didn't, um... It wasn't until later that I asked, like, I was probably a teenager by the time I was like, what exactly did you do? Got you it. know what I'm saying? And he told me the story. The real deal. The detail, every detail. Um, but as a kid, he was like, I messed up. You know, I did something wrong. So you knew that you knew it was like daddy did something bad. And yes. that's why he's away. Yes. Got and it. that's, you know, even in the letter that we wrote to the judge that we released as part of our rollout, you know, that... I appeal to the judge's sense of humanity. Like, look, we understand that my dad did something wrong, but he's, you know, I don't know if I said he he paid for it and he knows better now. He loves me, so he's not going to do it again. Yeah, Give him right, a chance. Right, right, right. You know, so um, I, we knew that much at a very basic level. And and I also knew that it had to do with drugs, you know. Um, so, and and our our parents wanted us to be, aware wanted us to be conscious conscious of you know the consequences to what you know his actions were so he took those lessons obviously now, now you you did write a song or have something on the album like my daddy man mm-hmm. um i mean explain explain that song and then why was it important for you to actually have him on there right so that song is um because you know because we share with the whole world um what the the downfalls of the family are the hard times are you got to complete the story because obviously I'm I'm who I am today because I had a present father during the years following his incarceration. So um, like my daddy was me celebrating, you know, him making up for a lost time. You know, um, my story is not unique in that it's so many people who 
have fathers who spend time away, mm-hmm. come back and have to make up for lost time and do so, you know, beautifully. So um, that was, you know, hip hop culture tends to celebrate mothers as as it should. You know, we got, you know, Pac, Dear Mama, you know, you know, Kanye's song about his mom. But how many can we point out to be like, this is a song about four and about fathers who, you know, did that work. I'm really trying so. to think of off top, like, is there, is there, I don't think that there's a song really out there that really celebrates fathers. I'm like sure that. there is, but I, I just, it's not. It doesn't come not to the, to the caliber. Like right, yeah, yeah, right, not right. to the caliber or, or as popular as those. I mean, that's, and that's mama's huge. music too. Exactly. Like, wow. I didn't think about that. Um, now, I, you're not a father. No, I'm okay. not a father. I, I, sometimes of sorts. I, I, look, I, I I'm, I'm a teacher, so right, right, right. No, I, but I know you know we. I'm a pseudo father. Rock you know. with each other throughout the years. And You're a father, father though. Yeah, so, yeah, father, yeah. father, 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 so, father. But yeah. I, the the reason why I wanted to you know I do this segment called Dad Advice. Yes. And I think that it's important that you talk about the advice that you've gotten from your father. Absolutely. And it was one of the biggest lessons that you you'll take from him to your son or daughter when you do have kids. Um. Making mistakes is part of the process. You know, it's all how you recover from them and don't make the same mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Um, he gave me that advice. And then uh, actually I was at, at Tyrese's house at a party and Vin Diesel echoed that advice. Vin Diesel was like the best thing he ever learned was that you can and should make mistakes. And he was like, he's never felt more free after accepting that advice being like, Oh, I'm good at that. If yeah. that's part of the process, I'm on the way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but that's something that, and my dad is a living example of that, you know? Um, and so I think some people who have, you know, made mistakes have gone on to do some of the most beautiful work because they're coming from a, an informed, lived experience place, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would think that was that's one of the biggest things. What, what do you think the biggest misconception about D-Smoke today you know is now i know i I believe we asked Mm. this before when we were on homegrown we first kind of like did the interview before the um when the launch happened and it was when you proclaimed the winner but as of right now sitting with you know all the success all the accolades at this point you know now you're you're getting responses in real time of how people are perceiving you so what do you think one of the biggest misconceptions is i think the biggest misconception is that it just happened like is that it's recent right. you know what i'm saying no overnight this story. is not recent yeah. and and it's also not the first taste of success yeah. that i've had you know um i was a successful teacher mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i was a great teacher and and the the my, the principles that i worked with and for um the students that i worked with and for can all attest to that um i was a successful writer you know I got ASCAP awards. I was I've written songs with Babyface, me just me and him sitting in the studio. Right. Like I've you know worked with you know Jaheem, you know uh, uh, Brian Michael Cox, wow. a lot of these heavy hitters. heavy hitters. Yeah. You know, um, and it, collectively that list is even longer because we're I'm part of a camp who's been doing it for years. So um, I think. You know, people equate popularity to success, you know. Um, so the, I, the most common misconception would be that, oh, D-Smoke is now, he now is successful. It's like, no, we've been at it. One of the things that I, I hear a lot, and again, because I know you, it hits me a little different with the comparisons to Kendrick. I mm-hmm. love it, mm-hmm. but I'm like, no, 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 no. This dude has 
he has he has his own story. He had, don't don't box him into that. And right. that's nothing to take away from Kendrick and nothing right. to take away from you. Right. I'm like, listen to what what he has and and wait. Because I think a lot of the times people, like you said, they're getting a snapshot of now. So whether it's physical appearance with the hair and just you know your, your performances, it's easy to compare. But it's like right. no, like there's way more. And, I, and the, the the main answer of what I tell people is just wait. Just you'll, you'll see. You'll right. see. It's it's more than 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 just that. But how do you take those comparisons if you do see him at all? Well, first and foremost, Kendrick is brilliant. He's a, a absolute genius. Yeah. Um, and so to be compared to Kendrick, you know, my first, my immediate response is to, you know, take it as a compliment. You know, um, what what audiences tend to do. I think there's not much of a precedent set for artists who are speaking to people in their music. And also entertaining at the same time, you know. A lot of people feel like it's a trade-off, yeah. right? You know, either either we're in the club right. or we're in the elevator, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. right? You just you just either you smooth jazz or, or you or you 808s, yeah. you know. Um, but when the few we only have few people who walked up that fine line. Mm-hmm. Kendrick is one of them. You know, Cole is one of them. We had Jay. We had Kanye. We we had so many people prior, but. How many do we have at the same time at any one point in time? You know, so um, I think the natural tendency is to make those comparisons, uh, uh, comparisons, whereas if it's if it's not thoughtful music, it's just immediately called oh, a sound or a movement. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's trap stuff, it's a movement. Right. Nobody's calling out that everybody in the whole game is rapping over trap beats. Right. It's just like, oh, that's what that's the culture. That's the direction it's going in. Right. But when you're thoughtful, it's an immediate comparison. So, um, But I don't fault people for it. It's, it's all good. And even early in Kendrick's career, he's he's dealing with, you know, you know, calling me quali and common mm-hmm. proves that ignorance is bliss. Yes. <laughs> because the first thing they want to do when you have something to say is be like, oh, that's that yeah, stuff. That, right, right. You know, and, and I think part of that is because it does challenge people. It challenges artists to dig deep, mm-hmm. you know, and not a lot of people want to be vulnerable in their music. You know what I'm saying? Because where do you go from there? Yeah. You know, um, so... But again, once as we put out more music, people will start to make those distinctions like, oh, this guy is he's here to stay, you know, so. Now, the the deal with Empire, why did that make sense for you? I mean, I, I know the answer, but yes. for the people that may not understand mm-hmm. why you chose Empire. Right. The deal with Empire made perfect sense uh, for several reasons. One, um, I value maintaining ownership and being able to move through my career as I see fit, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not the artist who likes to be a passenger on my own movement. You know, I have a sense of direction. I know how I want to be re- represented. I will not relinquish creative control to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? I'm, that's mine. Yeah. Um, and so we had... When, when did you learn that, though? Like, Because I, I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of artists make that mistake. Mm-hmm. And when something's presented to them that you get it dangled in your face, that right. success, money, whatever the case may be, right. <clears throat> they go for it. They bite. So for you, why was that important to say... Nah, no matter what happens, I want to make sure that that part of my legacy is intact. Right. Well, I'm fortunate enough to have this opportunity in my 30s after I have a set of experiences that inform me on how things actually go. Make those right? mistakes. Um, I'm I'm still in a I'm still in a publishing deal that I signed when I was 19 years old. Really. Right. And haven't moved into the second term. You know. Um. And d- depending on the conversations that follow with that company. You know, we may do an interview where we talk completely about the whole thing, you know. Um, So I learned that for the initial um, 
the initial part, the honeymoon stages, these companies are going to do everything in their power to push you, you know, over the edge in terms of like blow up the movement. However, you know, they're onto the next thing coming, you know, and then your career ultimately is still in your own hands. The only difference is you now are indebted to this company who made this initial invest in me, in investment in you that will never amount to what you put in yourself. Absolutely. And long after you pay that money back, you're still paying them. And that's why they put that money up. And that's, there's no exception. These are, these are banks, glorified banks. A bank is going to invest in you because they see a return on their investment that's far greater than what they would give you. So unless um, unless they were talking about a conversation where it's mutually beneficial, I still end up owning my owning my masters, you know, having full creative uh, autonomy um, and and then blowing up the movement. You know, unless it's that conversation, you know their you know empire was a better deal because empire the beauty of them they're structured to uh play a lot of those roles that a label plays connecting you with the dsps putting an actual marketing fund behind it having staff that understands the science of you know advertising and and all of all of the different elements that go into making sure the most people hear and see hear your music and see your visuals and things so um it was it was the smartest move um, and their track record speaks for itself on so their ability to do it. Everybody. They got and, and, and from from new artists coming out of these local cities to major artists, Snoop, you know, and, and I do my, my due diligence. One of my mentors always said, do your due diligence. Mm-hmm. Snoop spoke highly of them. Tip spoke, high, spoke highly of them. You know, so everybody, the reputation of the people there was untarnished, you know. Um, you know, everybody was like, Gazi is a good dude and right. he's at the head of it. And the, and the person at the head determines the culture of that, uh, of that organization. So, um, it was the right move and I've been able to continue to be myself in, since we've done that. And we've been moving a hundred miles per hour. Let me just put it like that. hundred miles per hour. Uh, I, I, I hate asking this question, but I, I still, I, I got, I'm not gonna, I don't have to do it, but I love doing it just to see where your thought process is. Favorite song on the project. <sighs> And and let me let me let me, let me, me ask it like this. Okay. Which one do you feel like is the best? We do something called with Homegrown. We do something called the business card track. What do you feel like is the best representation mm, okay. of who D Smoke is off of Black Habits? I like the term the business card track because mm. that's easier for me to answer. Gotcha. The business card track is Black Habits one. Okay. Right. Hence why you named it the problem. Okay. Why I gotcha. Named, you gotcha. know. Um, it's produced by Siege Monstrosity. Shout out to Blackness right there. Yeah, you know. If you guys don't know, go go uh, Google Siege Monstrosity. Great person, too. Yes. So it's produced by Siege Monstrosity. Um, and it's the title song. It's one of two, like part one, part two, um, title songs on the project. And um, I think from from rap demonstration to the song structure itself to the feature being my mom to, you know, um, being having the moment where I speak Spanish in there, it's you know, it it's one of those. Everything. Yeah, it does. It All does. Right, so you know, now I have to ask you, which, which one is your favorite one off the project? My favorite one, I'm gonna have to go with. Um, this is just the one he's gonna answer right now. Somebody else is gonna ask you. You gonna say something completely different in a different interview? I'm gonna go with Sunkiss Child. Why is that? Um, it's just the when I heard the beat, you know, Battle Cat DJ Battle Cat produced Salute. that. Salute, yeah. When I heard the beat, the chord progression just—I could have—I literally could have just listened to the beat. I wish I would put the beat on the album and just, just be like, "Y'all that. keep listening to this." You know, <laughs> we're gonna run this. That's track seventeen or track sixteen. We're just gonna put that sunk instrument. Exactly. We're gonna put it back on there. But um, 
the the chord progression just spoke to me and it's Lawrence actually played the chord progression and then Battle Cat built wow. a beat around it. Um so they're both on there. Um and that's one of those where I, I, you know, halfway through a project, I was like, all right, we're going to come out with our hits now. Mm-hmm. You know, I got the content. Now let's make these hits. Right, right. But it just kept coming out content, you know, and that's, you realize that you do something greater when you're able to connect with people. You know, the the hits will come and we got those too, yeah. you know. Um, but that one is like, I'm, I'm super proud of what came out of it. And then the melodies on the uh, features, my friend Iguocho, who's on the hook, and then Jill Scott at the end, Get the, you know, yeah. it's just that, a, that right there. Just, yeah, it's just a, she does a beautiful poem. And you feel like you feel like cause she has a son um, and she, you feel like she's talking to her son. And mm. so it's this warm energy that she brings to the track, you know, in a poem and then sings the final hook. So it just I love that moment on the project. Now, um, be, before we wrap up. I do a, a, a list of things that I got right now. It's gonna, you can call it my first. Okay, my first. Moment. Okay, my first album. What was the first album you bought with your own money? First album I bought with my own money. Um, I want to say AT Aliens. Outcast. Outcast. Yeah. Okay. My first car. My first car. Uh, a 2000 Honda Civic hatchback on 17 inch rims with tents on the back and 10 uh, 10 inch. Woofers in the back. How many times did it get broke into? Once. I knew it. Oh, oh my God. Them Civics, man. Uh, the Civics, they, always, they come. It got they broke. But, and they stole myself. my CD collection. Wow. Damn. Okay. Uh, with probably Outcasts on that as well. It was in there. Damn it. All right. So, uh, first, long, ahead, first job. First job. Uh, buy low market uh, on, which at the time was mega value market. Damn. Um, on Florence and, and, uh, and La Brea. You were like a bag boy or? I was you? a box boy, you know, so bagging groceries, getting the baskets, mm-hmm. you know, doing go backs. People be like, oh, I don't want this. So it's a basket full of stuff you just got to take back. Yeah. All right. First instrument that you've learned how to play? Uh, piano. Okay. First tattoo? First tattoo. It's uh, Save to the Bone. So Bone is my crew. Okay. But I knew I couldn't come home. So I had a double entendre. I couldn't come home with just like bone gang on my, on my arm. So it's a cross and it says save to the bone. And then I come home and I show my dad and he thought it was fake. And then he just slapped it. Like, pow. I was like, oh. How old were you when that happened? 17. Get out of here. Yeah, I was 17. Okay. All right. Uh, first concert. Oh, first concert. I feel like I've been going to concerts my whole life because I was so close to like gospel music. Right, right, right. Um, but as a teenager, um, Fred Hammond paid me to help them set up their concert, and um, and then we got in for free and was super really? close to the stage. But it was it was gospel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so, so okay. it was a Fred Hammond concert. So okay, first hip hop concert. Well, first hip hop concert. If you can remember, what was my first hip hop concert? Dang, I don't know. Pass. Past. We're gonna right. come back. What was my first? I've been to a grip of them, but I don't know what my the first, first was. One. Yeah. <laughs> the first experience. Mm-hmm. All right. First thing you did today? First thing I did today, uh, I prayed. Okay. And I brushed my teeth. And this is gonna be super foul for me to go to this next one. What's the first drink you got drunk off of? Uh, whiskey. <laughs> whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, I got a story about I don't even know what kind of whiskey. It was just some whiskey. Man, I got a story about gin. I hate gin to this day because that was the first <sighs> thing I got a hangover off of. Can't stand it. Uh, First time you got starstruck. First time I got starstruck. Um, dang, it's 
probably when I met Jill Scott. Really? Like, and I've met in the process people. of creating this. No, or no, 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 no. Before, before. Okay, you guys had it yeah years ago. Gotcha. Yeah. So when I first met Jill Scott, I was like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, she just has this warm presence. I think when people are when people are as warm in person as they come off in a you know in music and videos that makes you more starstruck like because it's an immediate turn off when you put them on a pedestal and then they're like jerks so then you're like you, oh, damn, you hear that I. term don't ever meet your your uh what is it your, your, your star, idol your yeah, idol yeah, yeah. oh my god that's the worst thing i yeah i got a couple of them that anyway we'll go to the next one first time you smoked first time i smoked i was actually 21 years old first time I smoked okay yes all right and I uh, smoked with the homie Chiz rest in peace rest in peace Chiz and you know I was really on some like I was on some like I ain't never gonna smoke they, I've been called D smoke since I was 14 years old you know what I'm saying that was my name in Inglewood and so um, but the first time I actually smoked I was 21 and me and Chiz was fake we, we was tipsy already mm -hmm. and then so had not I not the whiskey right it was uh, what was it it was Seagram Seven, so we was tipsy. Oh, go figure, smoke. So exactly right. <laughs> so we was tipsy, and then just start rolling up. I was like, "Nigga, I'm gonna smoke with you today, bro." Get out of here. And he gets me dumb high. First off, I overdo it. I didn't realize my first time smoking. You just like kind of lightly right, tap, right. feel it, feel it out. I smoke. We go through the whole blunt. No. Um. It's some fire. Oh, man, on top of that. It's some fire. Yeah. And, bro, I literally, like, the room was spinning for the rest of the night because I had drank a lot already. So you was so crossfaded. Oh, my God. All it was bad. wild. Now, you said you, you've been going as D-Smoke since 14, but has that always been your rap name? Was there? Is, do you have a first rap name? My Price? first rap name is D-Smoke. D -Smoke. Yeah. Hey, man, and producer. So it was my producer name as well. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I used to be on tracks producing for, like, Tiff. Chiz, Davion, other artists. Um, you know, I pr produced for Jaheem. You know, it's going to say produced by Daniel D. Smoke Ferris. Um, and uh, I used to say uh, D. Smoke's the name because the track is Flames, you know, and that was my little signature. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was getting my Diddy on yeah. on the track. So <laughs> make sure they know. And they got to know. So, um, but no, I've, I've had no other name other than D Smoke. So you're the first person I ever did that with. My first time with D Smoke. I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to continue to do that. I like, I like that. that my first. That's good. Real quick, though, as a producer, uh, what I would love to see, hopefully you roll this out. And if you don't, you know, it is what it is. But I would love to see the process of you making this particular album mm. um, with the, you know, the, the producers that you have worked with as well. Cause I know there's a lot of people, you know, that people are familiar with and pe people that may not be familiar with and within the city and beyond. Like I would love to see how you guys con constructed the project, the album. Is there any plans to possibly let people see the behind the scenes of that? There are a couple moments that we documented, but then there are others that just aren't documented that way. Um, we have some pictures from some of everything. Yeah. But, um, you know, we were going, sometimes when we get, went in, there was no cameraman, and we just went in and, you know, we were creating it. Like at Battle Cat, I, I pulled up to Battle Cat's house. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't so much of a, like, formality, like, you know, I didn't want to even ask, like, yeah, hey, can yeah, I yeah. film in here yeah. at home? Like, nah, bro, like, just li live that moment. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, so, but, I mean, there's positives 
and negatives to that, you know, because you want to be able to capture those moments. And even Battle Cat later said, like, now yeah. it's time to start filming that. Yeah. So we got, I have some moments for me and Snoop um, when we got in, you know. What was and that it, like? I mean, from that, that having having that moment on stage that people obviously recognize and you guys talking about that and, you know, to you now. Because I assume that you've seen people do this. I'm assuming you may or may not have, but people... Give you that, hey, yeah, pull up, pull up, or yeah, let's work, and it doesn't manifest, right? Right. right. So for this to actually manifest, and you know, you have a that the, the the shit is fire. Like to be able to do that, like how how was that experience? Man, it was beautiful. Um, I think sharing that moment with Snoop on stage, we both knew what it was, and it was it was love because to even for him to even ask me was like I see something in you. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the untrained eye wouldn't know that that was you know that was a a platform that's a lot you yeah. know and so what we did on the song one more so than the process of recording with him you know because that was easy he's a professional i knew what i wanted and um we went in and we knocked it out but it's the conversations in between you know i was telling him how you know we had just come back from japan in, in, on new year's you know and so I was telling him how that went. He was telling me how, how it was when he went to Japan. You know, he's been around the whole world. And some, twice, a million 20 times. times yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, um, he's been around the whole world 20 times. And um, so he's just giving me so much game. And and kind of, not that we needed it, but validating what we already set in motion. He's and that, And that's why he was like, you know, you earned this, bro. You know. He's he's not one to give away anything. Right. You know what I'm saying? He was like, you made that moment, bro. You know, now keep doing what you're doing. And then he talked about, he said, uh, I'm in records. Uh, you know, I'm on I'm on records all over the world. Some of that shit, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'd be like, and when it comes time to do the video, he'd be like, put mine on the teleprompter. Right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so um, but he he gave me so much game and that was a that was a dope experience because um because it was just it was just a human interaction. Yeah. You know, he talked about his ups and downs. He talked about, you know, it was when moments when he didn't feel safe. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When it wasn't good with death row yeah. and he ended up going to uh going to no limit, you know, and how Master P treated him with love and to this day it's love because he was like, Bro, you know, you're solid over here. You, you know what I'm saying? Make wise decisions, you know. And so, um, yeah, he just sh shares so much game. Well, I'm going to echo those same sentiments, man. I mean, keep doing you, bro. I, I, I've i witnessed it. I've seen it. And I, I just can't wait to see the evolution and what continues to happen with your career and, you know, in, in life. You know what I'm saying? So I've been really making it a point to just let, let folks know that I do appreciate them. You know, I love you. you love know what you mean? too, like, bro. You, you really family, man. I just, I can't wait for this to continue to go for you. So congratulations on the album. Much love to you, my guy. My G. Black Habits, going to yes. grab that. Of course, it's a homegrown thing. Chuck Dizzle, salute to big ass, big ass head, wherever you at right now, man. <laughs> D Smoke, Inglewood's finest, man. Yes, man. sir. Super good. Yes, and we out.